0: And this is God's Word, not Pastor Rebin's word. word. I am who it says I am. I, am who says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. I have I Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly declare... That my mind is alert, my My heart is receptive, my My ears are open, open. and I better not go to sleep. I'll I'll never be the same, in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Father, thank you this morning for your word, because it's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. I thank you that your word is the guiding force for a believer's life. And as we have come gathered today to hear from the word, from the living word, from the powerful word, I step back so the Holy Spirit can use me. And I pray that the oracles of God and principles from your word will be highlighted as we listen, as we receive. And as we purpose in our heart to do. And so, Lord, I pray that you will anoint every ear now. Let what's said go beyond the natural and let it move into the supernatural. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I decided to do something different. Everybody say different. I decided to do something different that I believe will be a blessing not only to the fathers today, but to everyone. And so my lesson is really based on principles, and it's based on some life-changing lessons from my own personal life. So uh, how many sometimes like to know about people's life? Let me see hand if you like to know. How many, you know, sometimes I'm nosy when it comes to how people have gotten successful. I want to know. And so if you're taking notes today, the, life, the topic is life-changing lessons. Life-changing lessons. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the life-changing principle. I'm going to give you a verse, and then I'm going to tell you a story. Now, hopefully I can get through these. If not, then maybe we can do it at another time. Here's the first one that I want you to write down. Patience will help you and not hurt you. Patience will help you and not hurt you if you exercise it. Everybody say, patience Patience. will help you and not hurt you. Now, if you'll go to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10, we're going to look in verse 36. Uh, While you're finding that verse, and you can look up on the screen, I, I looked up the word patience and it means to continually wait. Now, I added to continually wait on the Lord because sometimes we tend to think that we're waiting on somebody other than the Lord. Like if you're single, you think you're waiting on a husband. You're not waiting on the husband. You're waiting on the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 10.36, this is what it says. For you, touch your neighbor and say he's talking to you. For you have need of what? Patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the what? The promise. Everybody say, you need patience. Patience is the foundation for for future success. Watch this. Impatience is a sign of immaturity. I mean, think about it. Have you ever promised your kids that you would take them somewhere and... Two minutes later, they come back and say, when are we leaving? Well, I said we would go to Six Flags Friday. Today is Monday. Well, kids tend to not be able to wait. So impatience is, watch this, the sign of maturity. Impatience also, watch this, is the birthing place to mistakes. Impatience is the birthing place to mistakes. Now, I'm going to give you this story. I'm going to leave out some names Just so that, you know, the names are not out there, but you may be able to put two and two together. But how many know it is my burning desire as a pastor to find or build a church for our church? How many know that's a burning desire? It's been a a burning desire in me from day one. Even when we didn't have any money, I still wanted us to have a building and a location. And so that's something that I put before God. And I remember about eight years ago, another church owned a church property, a building, that was sitting on 13 acres. And it's close to where we are right now. And they came to me because this church owned it and they wanted to sell it. And they came and said, Pastor Evan, are you interested? How many know I was interested? And I mean, it was perfect it had acreage it had a, a, a church building on top of it and uh so it was being orchestrated by another pastor and uh you know a couple of weeks went by and I called the pastor who was organizing things I said hey are we able to set the meeting up yet he said I'm working on it I'm working on it well after working on it and working on it uh, I called him back another two weeks later and uh the pastor of the church who owned the location uh the, his mom had passed so I didn't want to talk business to him at that time. So, you know, they had the funeral. A couple of weeks went by. I called the organizing pastor and said, Hey, have you set up the meeting yet with the other pastor? He says, Oh, no, I haven't. I'm going to call him right now. Well, when he called him back, you know what? He had leased it to another church. Now, I learned a couple of things about that. See, when you're short-sighted, say short-sighted. When you're short-sighted, then all you can see is the loss right here in the present. But when you're God-sighted, you can see things that haven't happened yet. And what I didn't know is that it wasn't God's will for us to have that building. As close as it was to Seguin, and as timely as it was for our church, and I just thought everything was good. And so uh, that that, that situation got passed. So there was a church that moved in the building. Well, uh, another opportunity came up where this empty grocery store came available, and I wanted to buy it. Well, I went and asked the Lord about it. He says, no, don't buy that. It's not yours. Don't mess with it. It's not yours. That's exactly what he said. How many know I was kind of upset with the Lord on that? I'm like, look, we tired. I said, that'd be a great place for us to grow. And then we just move over to our land. And he he reminded me of the verse that he gave us. He says, I will upon a place for my children, Word of Truth Family Church, and I will plant them in a place of their own and move no more. He says, Evan, if you move in that grocery store, will you have to move again? I said, yeah, because number one, there's no land there. And number two, there's not enough parking. There's some things about it that I was short-sighted. So I let it go. But what I didn't know is that the church that bought that, that first church that I was talking about, guess what? The church who was selling it to them changed the price on it. And when they changed the price on it, it raised it, such significantly that when that church got ready to buy it, in contract, the guy wanted to raise the price. So they ended up moving out. How many know had that been us? We'd have had to move out. Now, I said another church bought that that, that 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 property. And before that church bought it, they called me back. and said, Pastor Evan, would you like to buy this building again? I said, well, no, now my children can't fit in that building. I mean, growth had taken place. I said, children can't fit in there. And so, watch this. So I let it go. So another church who was in a school moved into that same building. They accepted the new price that the, the, the ministry had set for it. They got ready to buy it and get it financed. They did an appraisal on it. And guess what? How much the building was being sold for was more than what the building was worth. And see, a bank will not finance a property that's upside down like that. So watch this. They didn't have enough money to make up the difference. So a couple of years, they sat on it. Well, guess what happened? Mansfield ISD came and have bought that church and is going to turn it into something like a culinary school or something. And now the church that's in there has to move. Now, see, that could have been us. Now, I can see why the Lord did not want me to get into that land. Cause that would have uprooted us, and we would have wasted some money. Everybody say, patience, patience. will help you no. and not hurt you. No. Here's number two. Being pastored is more important than being mentored. I'm going to say that again. Being pastored is more important than being mentored. Say this with me. Say, being pastored is more important than being mentored. Now, we live in a day today in a society, and I don't have a problem with mentoring and I don't have a problem with coaching and all that. But let me tell you something a mentor and a coach can never replace a pastor. A mentor can make you a better man, but a pastor can make you a better man of God. Amen. Being mentored makes you naturally better, but being pastored makes you, a, makes you spiritually better. See, a mentor, they're they're there to help bring some potential out of you and help you become a better person, help you to be a better engineer or whatever you are, are striving to be. But at the end of the day, the goal of a pastor is to make you spiritually better. Here's another one. Being pastored, watch this, prepares you for God's call. See, God has a call on your life. He doesn't just have a job for your life. He has a call for your life. And that call is going to come out of you being pastored. And so many, uh, since this is Father's Day, so many men tend to shy away from being pastored. That's good. That's good. Because we, we don't want nobody telling us what to do. But see, as women, they need a man who has a head. I should say a spiritual one. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that uh, God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of woman. Well, women, they don't want to marry a headless man. And so as a spiritual man, b- having a pastor in your life is important, and that's, his, that's helped my life. Because, see, I had a call on my life. I just didn't necessarily know how to get it out. But it was me sinning under being pastored pastor that helped me to discover that. Here's number three. Being faithful to someone else's ministry assignment was for me more than it was for the person I was helping. I'm going to say that again. I know it's long. Being faithful to someone else's ministry assignment was, mo- was more for me than it was for the person. Now, go to Luke 16. Go to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16, we're going to look in verse 10. A lot of times when you come and you serve in a ministry, we really somehow think that we're doing it for the person or we're doing it for the church but all those years that I saw that I was serving in someone else's ministry I realized that me serving there was not for the person it was really for me it helped God develop me to who I am today Luke 16 we're going to look at verse 10 it says he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what are y'all there There it is right up there on the screen. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what? Much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust in what? In the much. Watch this now. If therefore you have not been faithful, say faithful. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust what? To riches. Go on to the next verse. And then it says, and if you have not been faithful, say faithful, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So watch this now, when you go to work, your paycheck doesn't have your boss's name on it. It has your name on it. In other words, you're not going to work for them. You're going to work for you. In essence, you are an entrepreneur when you go to work. And so I prove that I'm ready, watch this, for elevation when I can be faithful over somebody else's. And see, if you keep the mindset, if you keep that as a mindset, then there are certain things you won't do when you go to work. First of all, you won't be late. Because would you want people late who work for you? Watch this. When you go to work, you won't take items that's not yours. I mean, would you want somebody stealing from you? Amen. So being faithful to someone else's ministry, somebody else's job, somebody else's calling was more for me than it was for the person. Faithfulness is the shortcut to increase. Notice he said if you're faithful over little, God will give you some more, right? So if there was a shortcut to success, it's faithfulness. Here's here's something else. Faithfulness is the key to promotion. Faithfulness to uh, another person's stuff is my proof to God that I can be trusted with my own stuff. I'm going to say that again. Faithfulness to another's is my proof to God that I can be trusted with my own. Watch this now. This is going to help some men. Hard work gets you what you want but faithfulness gets you what God wants for you. I'm going to say that again. Everybody say hard work. work. I, I believe in hard work. But see, hard work can only get you so far. Hard work may get you what you want, but faithfulness will get you what God wants for you. Here's number four. Tithing and giving of offering opens the door for abundance. Tithing and giving of offering opens the door for abundance. Uh, In Leviticus chapter 27, you don't have to find it. They're going to put it on the screen for you. But Leviticus 27 verse 30, this is what it says. And all the tithe, say all. all. All the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's and it is holy unto the Lord. See, when you give, sometimes we want to say that giving is for other people, but it's actually for us. And and I hate to say this, and I'm not taking a a jab, but women tend to be more liberal than men. Okay, can I get an amen from that rat right over there in that corner right over there? (laughs) Women tend to be more liberal than men. But let me share something with you about giving. Giving to God first, watch this, cures the disease of greed. Giving to God first cures the disease of greed. See, what, what we don't realize is that we're fighting this spirit called greed. The Bible calls this spirit mammon. It's a spirit. And so watch this when the world system pays you money in the system because money is a natural it's a carnal thing so when the world system pays you money from that system you have to do something to break the spirit of mammon off of that money so when you take it in God watch this you taking in blessing but see what most believers do we get the mammon or the money from the world system and once we get it we start paying our bills well what you forgot is that God it needs God's blessing on it before you start using it and that's why in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament what happens is God says give me the first of what you have so that I can break that curse off of it and then now that 90% that you keep, now it is blessed. So now this is not about a church now. It's not about a pastor. This is about God. And, you know, I hear some of you thinking right now, saying, well, I don't have to tithe for God to love me. No, you don't. But see, and some people say, well, I, 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 can't, I can't afford to tithe and get an offering. You know, but you can't afford not to. See, here's the problem. You've already tried it your way all this time, and it still ain't worked. I mean, it doesn't take really a smart person to figure out I need to do something different. I mean, if I've been struggling this whole time and God haven't been first, and what's interesting is when I meet with people and I see that they've been struggling in the area of tithing, then I would. And, and then you look at their budget, and they're upside down in their life financially. I'm like, well. Have you been using God's money to pay bills? At least that would help. But see what happens when you keep God's money, the enemy still gets it. See, I'd rather give my 10% to God than to give it in late fees. I would rather give my tithe to God and still be short and have God's help than to not tithe and be short and not have God's help. Amen. Here's number four. What number am I on? Number five. Oh, this is going to get some of you here. How I lived. I'm talking about me now. How I lived as a single man prepared me on how to live as a married man. I'm going to say that again. How I lived as a single man prepared me on how to live as a married man. In other words, if you can't be faithful to God as a single man, then you're not going to be able to be faithful to a woman when you're married. If God can't trust you to not have sex while you're single, then what makes you think when you get married, you're going to be able to stay faithful to that one woman that you're going to have to stay married to? Now watch this. Put 1 Timothy, in fact, if you can find this verse, 1 Timothy chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 1. Let me show you something. This principle right here, how it helped my life because, see, there are some singles uh, that are in the body of Christ who they're having sex like they're married. Boy, it's quiet in here, eh? I won't look at nobody. There are some singles in here, you having sex like you married. Watch First Timothy. This is a very, very good verse. Uh, it says, Rebuke not an elder but treat him as a what? As a father. And then he says, and treat the younger men as who? Brothers. Watch this now. The older women or the elder women as who? As mothers. Watch this now. Now he was talking to Timothy. Timothy was a single pastor. Then he says, and I want you, Timothy, to treat the younger women as what? sisters what's the next three words with all notice he said listen timothy when you look at young women i want you to look at them like their sisters in other words you wouldn't lust after your own sister i'm talking about your natural sister now if you do something's wrong with you he said no 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 i want you to treat the younger women as sisters watch this now with all purity so Why are you having sex with your sister? That was too strong. Okay, let me say it like this. He said, Pastor, I'm not having sex with my sister. Well, according to the Bible, if they are in Christ, they're your sister. Why are you giving yourself away to somebody you're not going to marry? Well, let me move on. I didn't get too much on that one. If you can't live pure before God as a single, it will be hard for you to live before your future mate being married. Here's number six. This is critical right here. Knowing God's timing is just as important as knowing God's task. I'm going to say it again. Knowing God's timing. Say God's timing. Knowing God's timing is just as important as knowing God's task. Most people are so fixed on what God wants them to do that they miss when he wants them to do it. Amen. See, God had already called Joseph to be a ruler. He gave it to him in a dream when he was a teenager. I think he was 17 or something when he got this dream from God and God showed him, man, you're going to be a ruler. Your parents are even going to bow down before you. But then... It was years later that he finally ended up doing that because sometimes we think we're ready and we're not. Jesus, even though he fulfilled God's call on his life at 33, uh, it was at one point when he was a kid and he ended up wandering away from his parents and stayed in Jerusalem And was sitting in church talking to the lawyers and all the different people. And uh, I think he was 12. Well, how many know he wasn't ready to die on the cross at 12? And sometimes we think we're ready. Oh, you think you're ready to run that business? No, you need to raise your integrity level up. Because, see, people these days, when you don't do them right, they'll kill you. That didn't go over too well either, did it? Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. I'm going to read it. It says this. But when the fullness of time was come, then God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law. It says when the fullness of time had come. In other words, when it, at the right time, in the right season, God sent Jesus. And see, God not only just has a task for your life, he also has a timing. Amen. I was called a pastor when I was 27 years old, but I didn't, watch this, I wasn't sent to do it until I was 40. Amen. Sometimes, you, now, in all of that time frame, did I get impatient? Sometimes I did. But overall, I knew that, look, if this is something God's calling me to do, it, I don't want to step out on my own and do it because now I got to now rely on my own strength. Amen. Here's the next one, and I think this is going to have to be my last one. Yeah, it's got to be my last one. Integrity can take a lifetime to build and one poor choice to tear down. I'm going to say that again. Integrity can take a lifetime to build and one poor choice to tear it down. Let me just say this as a leader. A regular man's sin is personal, but a leader's sin is public. Amen. Your integrity or lack of it as a father or as a parent will impact the life of your children in a good or a bad way. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says this, The just man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Oh, so you don't think your lack of integrity is not going to impact your children? Yes, it will. If your lack of integrity can impact your your children, then your strong integrity can impact your children. Amen. The integrity of the upright, this is uh, in Psalm, uh, I didn't write it down, but in uh, well, Proverbs 20, verse 7, if you keep reading, but one verse says this. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. The integrity of a person's heart is what influences their decisions. Write down Psalm 78 verse 70 because it says that God chose David, also his servant. He took him from the sheepfold, from following the ewes and the great young, and brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. Watch verse 72 says this. So he, David, fed them, the children of Israel, according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Listen, a leader needs integrity because watch this when my words won't impact you my life should amen sometimes I know we wrote you know the bracelets you know uh, what was it WWJD what would Jesus do well sometimes you may need to ask what would Pastor Edmund do amen would Pastor Edmund cuss that person out I guess some of y'all think I would huh (laughs) I might want to hit them, but I won't cuss them. (laughs) All right? Here's here's the last one because I just want to throw this out there. Being in agreement with your spouse will take you further than making an independent decision on your own. Being in agreement with your spouse will take you further than making an independent decision on your own. Amos 3.3 says this, Can two walk together except they be agreed. You want to go far? Get in agreement with your spouse. I know men of God, we don't want to hear sometimes what they got to say. But you know what? They're saying something. You need her. Women have a sixth sense. I know it's not in the Bible, but they got one. Yeah, let me tell you what that sixth sense sounds like. Some just don't feel right. Some just don't seem right. And see, we're very analytical and logical. We're like, well, what is it? And they can't tell us. You know, they can't say, well, it's because uh, she doing this. We, they don't know all that. But see, we just got to trust that she's on our side. Listen, you're married to your friend, not your enemy. So if your wife is trying to get you to not do something, it's not because she don't want to see you successful. She don't want to see y'all end up in a ditch. (laughs) If you would just get an agreement with your wife, get an agreement with your spouse, it'll save you this sentence, I told you so. (laughs) I don't know about you, I don't like those words. So... Get in agreement. And I'm not talking about be supportive. That's different. Any good spouse will support their spouse. I'm not talking about support here. I'm talking about are you in agreement. And agreement means that I am in full uh, conviction... I believe that this is the best thing for our family. I believe this is what God wants us to do. I believe this is the best direction we're supposed to have. Let's do this thing. But if, if you feel hesitation or you sense hesitation or they just come out and tell you, baby, I don't think this is... See, it might be the right thing, but the wrong time. Amen. So what am I saying out of the whole thing today? Here's what I'm saying. These are some life lessons that can impact your life. I'm trying to give you a shortcut for making mistakes. One of the reasons I've really lowered my mistakes in life is because I watched other people make them and decided not to do that. Listen, experience is not the best teacher. Somebody else's life is the best teacher. So if I see you riding down the street, and every car that I see go by, they pass this ditch, they end up with a flat tire. Something's wrong with me if I just keep driving the same way. That's right. That's right. That's Amen. Amen. At the end of the day, God has best in store for our lives. And you're not going to always get somebody who's going to be transparent enough to say, you know what? Do this, don't do this. See, like there, right now, I had a, a situation... Last week, week before last. And uh, I, I just, I did not pass this test well. I mean, I didn't cuss nobody out, I didn't hit nobody, but, but I didn't pass this test based on me. And I just decided, I'm going to get some counseling. <laughs> My wife was laughing at me, I was like, baby, I'm going to get some counseling. I told Lisa Fuller, I said, Lisa Fuller, I'm getting some counseling. Because, you know, this, it's something wrong with me. No, bad customer service shouldn't bother me like it bothers me. It, it shouldn't bother me like it bothers me, but it, but it takes me over the top. I mean, it's almost like you are operating outside of your body watching yourself, and you can't help it. See, when you, when you got issues that you can't help, you need some help. Amen. Now, now, uh, wife, don't go home and tell your husband you need some help. No, I'm telling him he needs some help. I'm going to give me some help. Hopefully, you all will be able to see it. I don't know. But what's interesting, God will resolve it for me, and I'll look back and go, boy, I didn't really have to cut up like that. I mean, y'all want to hear about the last situation? I'm out of time. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now, I want to tell y'all, because I I need y'all to help. I want y'all to pray for me first of all. Okay, just pray for me. And I made progress because I haven't thrown coffee on nobody in a long time. I haven't done that. Can y'all give me a hand clap right there? You know, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. And pray ye one for another that you may be healed. See, some of y'all will get healed if you'll just fess up. So my air conditioner, one of the units went out on our, on our, in our house. So I called the warranty company. They called, you know, and they, they, uh, they said, okay, here's the company that's going to come out and and uh, they'll call you on Monday. It was like on a Friday night or whatever. So Monday rolls around. I didn't get a call. So that's fine. I called them. And, and uh, we set up a meeting and, uh, for them to come out here. And, and uh, they said, uh, we'll call you 45 minutes in advance, you know, just to make sure everything's good. And, but they didn't tell me I had to answer the phone when they called me in 45 minutes. Because I had already slated to be at the house. Okay? So they called and I didn't answer, so they didn't send nobody. So I called them up, and the lady, see, you know, it's okay to tell me it's my fault. Just be nice about it. She was ugly. It got so bad, I was like, can I just talk to your supervisor? Well, they're not here. I, no, no, I'm, the su- I'm a supervisor. I said, then I need to talk to your supervisor then. Well, they're not here. I said, then I need you to have them call me. How many know they never call me? So finally, they, you know, so sort of I called a warranty company. I said, listen, I don't want to use those people. Send me somebody else. How many know that was my way of escape? But the warranty company said, but they're the only company right now that can come out there in the next couple of days and it's hot. I said, I know it's hot. <laughs> so they said, well, we need to send them back out. So they come out there and, and the, the guy that shows up, he already had an attitude when he came up. See, I'm having problems right now just looking at him. And him and I, we looking at each other like, yeah, we don't have problems with each other. I'm, I, yeah, we... <laughs> So he comes in, he's very impatient. You know, Landon was running around. I was trying to tell him something. And the guy was like, where is, where is, where is the, uh, well, you need to show me the unit. So I'm like, okay, so we, we go upstairs and there's this hole in the wall. You know how you have the ladders that come down? Well, in our attic up to the to top, it doesn't have the ladder. It just has a hole. And so uh, he was like, well, we don't have ladders. Uh, do you have one? I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, Lord, help me. What air-conditioned company does not have a ladder? <laughs> so it's all building up right now. So then he gets the ladder, comes up there, then he comes down. And so, uh, so uh, what we found out is that we needed some Freon, but there was something else that needed to be fixed. So I was like, he said, well, the, 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 the warranty company, they will pay for, to fill it up with Freon, uh, but they'll only do it one time. So I was like, okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you fill it up with Freon so we won't burn up? While we getting these parts coming in. And then whatever Freon needs between after that, I'll pay for the difference. He said, I don't know if we can do that. I, he said, but if money's no object, I guess we can. <laughs> I'm having a problem. <laughs> Money is no object. <sighs> How many know I'm about right here right now? So then he says, I got to call my boss to see if we can do that. So he makes about five calls, and so I'm standing at his truck, which is right here. The window's down. I'm standing there, and so he gets the guy on the phone, and the guy, he gives me his phone to talk to his boss, and when I get on the phone with the boss, the guy was like, well, sir, you're asking me to break the law. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not asking you to break the law. I don't even know what the law is. Now, I guess he was saying putting Freon in there before they can fix it is against the law because I guess the Freon will seep out and cause something wrong with the environment. But his worker is the one who recommended that we can do it. He, we was just trying to figure out how to get this paid for. So he said it again. and would it attitude, sir, you're trying to ask me to break the law. Right there is where I lost it and I needed counseling. I got the guy, I'm on the phone like this, and I just flipped the phone in the guy's lap. <laughs> I walked in the house to get his little check. You know, you got to pay the little fee or whatever it is for him. To, I walked in there, and when I come out, he driving slowly down, the, down my driveway. I'm like, hey! Because I'm trying to figure out where he's going. He rolls down the window. You threw my phone at me. I didn't throw his phone. But at that point, I'm all in the flesh. So I I just did this. Gone. Then I realized I need counseling. This goes far beyond an arc air-conditioned man. This is deeper than Freon. I need some help. I'm being healed right now. I feel it. <laughs> life lessons that will change your life. If you are a man in this room and you have an anger problem, you need some help. Now, after I get my help, I'll come and help you. I can't help you right now. (laughs) Did y'all learn something this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you did. Every head bowed. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life,